Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports concerts and all types of shows. Of course, Game Time is the app, the ticket app we talk about so much here on Run Past Michigan with its two tap purchase feature, the in app panorama picture views of every seat um, that you'll buy for any game, any sport, anywhere in the country. Game Time has, has it all. Of course, concert and theater tickets available as well. Uh, and now, Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with the $10 credits. So here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on My Tickets, uh, the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. And then under the Billing section, redeem the code THEATHLETIC, all one word. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase, which is free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 who redeemed the code. And it expires at the end of the year, which is December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. We want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Run Past Michigan, our RPM podcast here on The Athletic. It is almost bowl time. I am Nick Baumgartner along with Austin Meek. We're actually not in the same place. We will be soon. Austin, how are you doing from Orlando? Is it warm? Uh, it is warm. It's been nice. Uh, a little overcast, a little rainy, but I really uh, I can't complain about that, uh, considering all the <laughs> good people back home who are probably bundled up in the cold. Uh, uh, 65 degrees and uh, a little cloudy is just fine. Yeah, a little snow today, actually. Not too much, but a little bit, oh so that's that's fine. But Michigan, Alabama, of course, on January 1st. Uh, I know, uh, Austin, you spoke with uh, with uh, Aaron Suttles from The Athletic, who covers Alabama. We'll get to that interview here in a little bit later. Uh, but for our purposes here, you've been down there all week um, uh, around Michigan. I know, I know these bowl events sometimes can be one of those things where you know, I think we've all been to them, right? Where it's like you, you're 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 there a day and a half, and you already know whether they're interested or they're not interested, right? So I guess my my question to you would be: Is um, you know, are they interested? I mean, are they dialed in? I mean, from from your conversations with them or whatever, what uh, what have you heard? You know, from the uh, from the time that we got to be around the team, uh, the the practice that we were able to watch a little bit of, uh, I think Michigan looked pretty dialed in. Uh, I I do think that they that they want to be here. Um, there on on the practice field, Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones, some of the guys that you wondered would they play in this game, uh, they were present and accounted for. Uh, everybody really ex- except uh, Michael Dumfor, uh who who is back home, uh, who won't play because of an injury, which could end up being significant. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, this is this is pretty much Michigan's complete team, uh, and and they seem you know they they seem pretty focused. Uh, they seem you know they they seem to be. Uh, enjoying this challenge, I think, of of getting ready to play Alabama. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they'll enjoy it uh, on Wednesday, uh, but right now, I, I think that they're you know, excited to get out there and, and play against a you know program that uh, that certainly is in the spotlight in college football. Yeah, I think it's always kind of tough, right, to see you know where maybe the focus was because I think so much of the work that they've done that's gonna that's gonna determine whether or not they. You know, actually pull this off probably actually happened before they even got to uh, Orlando as they're just finishing up, you know, game prep and everything else. But 
you did also go over some things with some guys uh, in terms of you know decisions because this is always I mean as much as anything else maybe more than anything else really this is decision time uh, for so many guys I know that we we know already that uh, Nick Eubanks has, has decided to come back that's a that's a big big deal for Michigan Quiddy Pay I think um, talked to us at the banquet and said he thought maybe he'd put his name in and see and of course he says he's coming back Ambry Thomas. I think that was a little bit more of a stranger one, right? But I mean, yeah. and then and then Donovan and and Nico. Um, uh, do we have any intuition on any of this? Uh, I know that there are folks who think Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples Jones could be back. Uh, I suppose they could still leave. Um, they haven't said one way or the other, though. Yeah, Nico. Uh, Nico didn't have a lot to say. Uh, on that subject when we talked to him basically said he's going to sit down with his family uh after the after the season and talk about it um yeah it you know i I think the fact that you know that these guys are playing in this game um you know obviously that that is an indicator that at least you know they're they're seriously considering it um nico was asked you know if you have a great game against alabama could that could that weigh into it yeah. Uh, you know, he didn't really tip his hand either way. You know, I would I would think for any of those guys, uh, you know, Caesar Ruiz is another one. We talked to Caesar uh, on on Saturday. Uh, he you know, didn't really want to go down that road in terms of talking about the decision or you know whether there's a decision. Um, you know, I, I thought he said something kind of uh, you know, kind of revealing of basically like, you know, all of us you know who have a decision to make are going through our process. But we don't really talk about it publicly, and we don't really talk about it amongst each other, because nobody wants to be a distraction. You know, they they don't want mm-hmm. this week in the locker room to be a bunch of guys going around the room and hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, yeah. You know, where are yeah. you at? You know, I, I I genuinely think that those guys do kind of want to keep it on the back burner uh, until after this game, and and then we'll see how it goes. And you know, a guy like Caesar Ruiz, uh, you know, having a chance to go out there and play against Alabama's defensive line, a uh, great opportunity to, to get some film there and uh, potentially impress some scouts. So uh, I would think pretty shortly after the game, we would start to get some clarity on that. Yeah, and then another note there would be also Michael Dunfor is not not uh, not in Orlando. It seems like he had some sort of. Uh surgery uh, of some sort or medical something. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a surgery. Medical procedure, we'll call it, that he couldn't uh, couldn't be there. I think Carlo Kemp's been banged up as well. Um, so those who have been yelling at us, where is Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith? I think you're about to get your wish, right? <laughs> We're about to find <laughs> out where they've yeah. been and what they've been doing because they're about to go up against uh, probably the best offensive line they've ever seen in their lives and maybe will ever see in their life here uh, on, on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, and I, I saw both of those guys uh, going through going through drills uh, on Saturday, and it did look like Carlo Kemp was very limited. Uh, yeah. He was in pads, but it didn't look like he was doing any of the individual drills. Uh, so we'll see where that is on Wednesday. But yeah, that's that's um, definitely a concern, and uh, we'll talk about that with Aaron Suttles in a little bit in, in terms of. Uh, you know, is Alabama willing to just kind of pound the ball up the middle against Michigan? Because right. I'm not sure that's not the best way to uh, attack this Michigan defense. Because uh, and we saw what happened against Ohio State, and uh, if if Michigan is shorthanded in the middle, certainly certainly that that could be a factor there. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's been an interesting week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these bowl events are 
you know, they're not really for us, right? Oh, sure, <laughs> like they, yeah, no, yeah. They, uh, you know, they make some concessions uh, to the media here and there. We were, yesterday, we were talking to guys at, at the podium with, like, the go-karts uh, in the background <laughs> at the amusement park and, like, the screaming kids on, on the roller coaster. Uh-huh. And it's like, this is, the, you know, this is, it's for the fans, it's for the community. Um, yeah. A lot of it is is kind of fluff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, we, we will, uh, here in just a few minutes, we'll get to, uh, sit down and hear, uh, Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh, uh, at the press conference, which I'm sure will be, uh, will be fascinating. And, uh, then it's game time and all of, all of this other stuff, uh, we can, we can move on from that and actually focus on some football. All right, well, real quick, we're going to th- we're gonna take a break here and then throw this to Austin's interview with Aaron Suttles on the other end. Aaron, of course, covers Alabama for the Athletics, so stay tuned for that. All right, we are joined now by Aaron Suttles, who covers Alabama for The Athletic. Uh, We are both down here in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. Uh, Aaron, I understand that you are taping this podcast uh, in your car, so thank you for uh, going the extra mile here to to join us uh, on the RPM podcast. Uh, what have been, uh, what have been your impressions so far of, of the Crimson Tide here in Orlando? I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people on the Michigan side have been curious how, how Alabama will respond, uh, playing in the Citrus Bowl this year and not in the college football playoff as, as they're used to doing. Yeah, I think that's been the, the, the question du jour. Uh, since Alabama lost to Auburn and, and really found itself outside a, a New Year's Six bowl game. And let's face it, Alabama has, has laid some eggs in, in New Year's Six bowl games as well as the, the Sugar Bowl a couple of times. But um, wh- one thing that's different about this is Alabama had been to, f- to five previous college football playoffs. This is the first one they missed. So they've sort of had missed before this the trend of the draft eligible players shutting it down and getting ready for the NFL draft. And there were so many, I mean, you just look at Alabama's junior class and and there are five, six of them that are projected pretty highly in the NFL draft. So the the thought process from a lot of people in college football was that, you know, Alabama's is going to have this mass exodus. All their great players are not going to play in the bowl game. Why would they play in a bowl game that's quote unquote meaningless? And sort of what we've seen is that, the exact opposite has occurred. They've, they're for sure two players not playing. Terrell Lewis, uh, the outside linebacker who's been just absolutely uh, had an injury scarred career at Alabama, is not going to play. And then starting cornerback Trayvon Diggs, um, and so two guys on the defensive side of the ball, and in defense, if you followed Alabama this year, has has been the talking point because it's certainly taken a step back, but. All those outstanding offensive players um, from Najee Harris, which Michigan fans know really well because he, he came very, very close to going to Ann Arbor. Uh, all those receivers, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Devontae Smith, uh, the two tackles, uh, Jedrick Wills and Alex Leatherwood. Um, those are all guys that we didn't know, uh, and it was speculated that they may not play, but they're they're all there. They're all playing. So because they're playing, it feels like this team has a lot to play for. It feels like they want to send a message that is, um, you know, some people feel that they were underranked by the college football playoff, that they're a better team than the 12th team in the country. So it certainly feels a little different in that regard, given the fact that you almost, that Alabama almost got a boost by guys who were going to be playing in this game, playing in the game rather than sitting the ball game out. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Alabama's defense in a minute, but what do you think went into to those guys on offense deciding 
to play in this game because, as you mentioned, uh, you know there, there's a lot of first-round picks uh, potentially on this Alabama team, and uh, we'll find out how many of them uh, are, are in the draft uh, you know, this this spring. But what do you think was happening, sort of behind the scenes, uh, that led all those guys to decide that yeah, we do want to play in the Citrus Bowl? It's it's fascinating because I, w- I was told. Uh, that, that Tua Tagovailoa, the the, stand, the outstanding junior quarterback who had that horrific hip injury against Mississippi State, that he sort of had a, a meeting with with his guys, and when I say his guys, his offensive skill guys, and he wanted to take one more trip together. And you know, some of those guys haven't even decided if they're going to leave. You know, I think we can all assume that Jerry Judy is, you know, the former Bolitnikoff Award winner is probably going to go. But I, I do think Devonte Smith is is leaning toward coming back I think Henry Ruggs III is, is having to make a decision but he wanted to he wanted another trip with his guys he, I mean he could have easily sat this game out to it being um because uh, he's rehabbing you know he's he's trying to get himself back into shape uh, after that after the hip injury but he wanted his guys to come together and if, if you're going to skip a bowl game you're not you know most most times you're not going to go on the trip I uh, know I know there have been uh, some uh, examples of, of the opposite of that occurring Justin Fields with Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl was chief among them but m- most times if you're not going to play in the game you, you're probably going to go ahead and start the process of hiring an agent and finding a facility to start working out in and getting ready for the NFL combine etc cetera, etc cetera. but um, that, that wasn't the case here um, they, they wanted to come down here and, and, and do that and I think Tua actually played a, a really big part in it um, and Tua to a to a large extent, because Alabama is so controlling um, with with the the way they handle media and, and media's access to to that program, put to is viewed as a great football player, and he absolutely is. But he has a um, he has this draw about him. He draws people in, and he's a tremendous leader in that way. And when when he talks, sort of people listen. And when he said he wanted his guys together, they wanted to go on that trip. They he wanted to be as a team one more time together, and I think that was a very unifying um, thing, at least from the offensive side. And they took it to heart, and it's it's really not surprising because I wrote after the Iron Bowl on the Athletic that, that I wasn't one of those people that I just didn't assume that all these guys that were draft eligible weren't going to play in this game. It's just not what I was hearing. There were too many team meetings that they felt they they didn't want this team. Uh, ultimately, this 2019 team at Alabama will be regarded as, I mean, it's just kind of harsh, but in in the terms of either you, you win or you lose, a failure. Now, as I said, that's a harsh thing, and I don't think that's true, but at least underachieving. And so if they go out and, and put a positive uh, last game together and they beat a really good Michigan team uh, from a conference that that's puts out a lot of great teams – maybe it salvages this season in some way or at least sends this team as a collective out on the right note. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed uh that that Tua was here. I saw him at the amusement park uh riding the carousel uh <laughs> with his crutches. Man, if that had been me and I had that injury, I, I probably would have skipped the carousel. So I, I guess it does uh say something about him that that he's here and uh right in the middle of things. It, is it a foregone conclusion that he is going to uh, go to the NFL? And I guess part two of that question is: Give us the scouting report on uh, on Mac Jones uh, and and how how Alabama's offense uh, has evolved with uh, with a quarterback who you know obviously is not Tua and can't do all the things that Tua does. 
Yeah, I'll start with Mac Jones. He he really impressed me versus Auburn. Um, now I say that knowing that he threw two pick sixes and and one of those pick sixes likely was was the reason that that Alabama lost because it went from an easy Alabama touchdown to an Auburn touchdown and it really swung that game very hard in Auburn's favor. But I don't think people understand. I mean, we talk about tough environments. People always mention Tiger Stadium at LSU. They mention the, the horseshoe and the big house, but. Auburn, when it is playing well, and especially against Alabama, is one of the more difficult venues I've ever been to. And I, I've been to a lot of them. I've seen a lot of great venues. But there is something about that venue in that game where Auburn fans and students take it to another level. And it was on that day. And, and Mac Jones rose to the occasion, I thought. He threw for 300, more than 300 yards against a great defense with a great, phenomenal defensive front. And Derek Brown's going to be a top 10 player in the NFL draft. And he played really well. So he, he proved a lot to me. And I'm not going to give Mac all the credit because, um, you know, Austin, you could complete some passes. With, with these <laughs> Alabama sure receivers, you could, uh, you and I, <laughs> and as old and washed up as I am, I could complete passes to Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs. It's just those guys are so – there's so many of them. They're so deep. And, you know, the way the game is played now where you can match an elite wide receiver one in the slot against a, a third or fourth corner or, or heaven help a defense, a linebacker, it's just not fair. So, uh, but, but having said that, you know, Mac made good decisions for the most part through four touchdowns, through the two interceptions. So he's really, I, I think, proven himself. And I think this, can, this game in particular can really go a long way from him to, to – to grabbing the starting job next year, at least in, into spring practice, because Alabama's got a, um, a dynamic five-star quarterback coming in from California that, that most people are just to go ahead and assume are going to win that starting job. But I, I think Mac, the way he played versus Auburn, the, the, you know, the opportunity he, he has against Michigan, it's right in front of him. But um, Michigan and, and Don Brown, they have a reputation that's really good for a reason because they are really good on defense. And I imagine – having that time to study Mac is really going to give them a leg up and throw things at him that that young quarterback, um, at least relatively in terms of experience, has, has never seen. As far as Tua, it's it's so tricky because uh, I'm still of the opinion that he's going to go professional. I think he should go pro. Um, but, and I've talked to enough people, he's, he's honestly um, considering coming back. And I think it's for a lot of reasons. I think him and his family have done the math about where he goes in the draft. And it's not just about being a first-round pick. If he goes at the end of the first round, which which he might, who knows how NFL scouting departments and medical teams evaluate his hip after that injury. Uh, if he goes at the end of the first round versus, say, if he went in the top 15, him and his family have calculated that's about $9 million of worth in guaranteed money that's gone that he cannot replace um, and even though you get into your second contract quicker by coming out a year earlier, he he's very focused on guaranteed money, and so that has um, that has weighed into his decision as well. And he's a, a, a great um, his his religion means a lot to him. His his faith means a lot to him, and so. I, he's he might wake up tomorrow and feel that God has put on his heart that he wants to come back and. and to college and he could just do it. I mean, it's not an act. It's not something that he does for social media by throwing out a Bible verses or writing the, the, the Bible verses under his eye. 
uh, on the eye black. I mean, he, he lives it and, and he's one of those people that his faith mean an awful lot to, to him. And, and so that's going to weigh in his thought process as well. But at the end of the day, I do think it's a, it's a business decision and it's, it's sort of whatever feedback he gets from the NFL draft advisory committee. And if he's a top 15 pick, I do think he'll go pro, but uh, he's going to leave us waiting for a little while longer. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I don't think that I have talked to a Michigan fan leading up to this game who expects Michigan uh, to even be competitive, let alone win this game. And I'm sure that there are fans who you know, feel like Michigan can do that. And maybe you, you know, the ones you hear from uh, sometimes are the most pessimistic ones. But by and large, uh, there's not a ton of optimism that I see among Michigan fans uh, for Michigan's ability to compete in this game. And you know, and I've been reading your stuff and uh, you know trying to sort of keep tabs on Alabama. And the thing I've said is, you know, if if Alabama is motivated for this game and and plays well, then yeah, Alabama should win. Uh, but looking at that Alabama defense, I feel like there's an opportunity for Michigan to score some points in this game. Uh, am I right about that? Is that what you expect as well? Yeah, and at this point, I, I think Alabama fans expect it. Uh, they've given up uh, over 400 yards uh, three times this year, and uh, LSU did some really bad things to Alabama's defense. Uh, Auburn had some success, and Auburn was a very one-dimensional offense, and Auburn did some success, had some success against Alabama. And you, you take a defense that has taken a step back. It's not the thing is Alabama's defense has always been elite, and and now it's just good. Um, and you, if I if I dare have the uh, the moxie to say Alabama's defense is good to an Alabama fan, they they think I'm an idiot. They're like, well, <laughs> I mean Alabama's defense is not good. Well, relative to what it's been in the past, no, it's not. But it's still a top twenty defense. It's still a top fifteen defense. Um, and so that's not bad, but relative to Taliban being ranked first or second or third nationally in yards per game and yards per play allowed, no, it's, it's not that. But it's also not horrible like every Alabama fan makes it out to be. That being said, when Alabama's played a team with a pulse that, that can do some things offensively, South Carolina had a huge game against them. Texas A&M put up some big yards. Ole Miss had their way against Alabama's defense. Uh, LSU did whatever it wanted to do. Auburn had a lot of success. There are multiple examples of, of teams that have attacked Alabama, and that was when Alabama was relatively healthy. Now, the two the two freshman linebackers contributed heavily to that. The fact that Alabama had, was put in a position due to injury and attrition where they had to play two 18-year-old kids side-by-side inside linebackers having to call the defense. Um, it, it's weighed on this defense, but they're um, – that they put up those numbers with those those freshmen this year, and that that contributed heavily to it. And now you throw in that, well, Terrell Lewis isn't playing; he's one of your best pass rushers. Uh, one of your starting cornerbacks isn't going to play. I agree with you. I think the opportunity is there. I, I necessarily, I don't think that this is going to be a 30, 40 point blowout or anything, or maybe not even a, a couple score game uh, between the two teams, because I think Michigan does have an opportunity um, to, and especially with the, the time off and, and studying how to attack Alabama. <clears throat> they have an opportunity to score some points. I think that that exists, and and Michigan should feel confident about that because Alabama has, at times this year, been very susceptible. Yeah, well, and I'll get you out of here on this. You know, the way I see it, to me, the you know the thing that I'm not sure Michigan is going to be able to overcome is uh, we saw against Ohio State, you know, Michigan's defensive line, especially inside, 
just was not able to to match up with with Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State was was just blowing them off the ball. And now you've got one of Michigan's starting defensive tackles uh, didn't make the trip. Another one uh, has has been hurt, and we're not sure what his status will be. To me, if if Alabama goes out and, and pounds the ball to Najee Harris, I'm I'm not sure that Michigan has has an answer for that. Is that is that in Alabama's repertoire to do that? Uh, I mean, obviously they have these great receivers that they want to get the ball to, but you know, what what do you think Steve Sarkeesian's plan is going to be for this game? Could Alabama just come out and try to run it down Michigan's throat, or or do they still want to be more balanced than that, even if if Michigan is having trouble stopping the run? That's that's such a uh, that's that's what Steve Sarkeesian has really had the luxury of of being able to do whatever he wanted uh, with this offense because they got a great offensive line and they could play smash mouth. They could play old 2012 Alabama football if they wanted to, but they don't have to because they're so dynamic and it's sort of it's sort of like um, you know not using your best players if you don't throw it to those wide receivers. They are so good. I've ran I've ran out of ways to to talk about them because I've used every adjective there is to describe. They're just unbelievably good, uh, and there's no way. It's not just the three juniors. I mean, Jalen Waddle, and if, if Michigan's special team coach is listening, don't kick the ball to Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I mean, you're just asking you're asking for horrible, horrible things to happen to your special teams. I mean, you throw Jalen Waddle in at receiver, we saw him, he can change a game. Um, and it, They just can't be defended. But, but so it's really, I mean, Don Brown's got his work cut out for him because I, I don't know how you stop everything that Alabama could do. I, to answer your question, I don't think Alabama's going to just go hand the ball off to Najee 25, 30 times. That's just not what they've been this year, um, and they haven't had to be because they've been so productive in, in the past game. And I, I, I expect we'll see more of the same, the very, a very balanced offense. Najee's going to get his opportunities, but they're also going to get the, the ball to those playmakers as well. Cool. Well, hey, Aaron, thanks again for uh, taking a few minutes to chat with us on the podcast. Uh, for the Michigan folks getting ready for this game, be sure to check out uh, the second and 26 podcast, the Athletics Alabama podcast with Aaron uh, to get all the all the background on the Crimson Tide and uh, check back at the Athletic uh, for all the coverage leading up to the game. Aaron, I appreciate it, man. We'll see you in the press box on Wednesday. Thanks so much. All right, we thank again Aaron Suttles for joining us as we preview Michigan-Alabama here quickly. Uh, Austin, this game has hovered at minus seven, I think, the entire month. And for maybe a number of reasons, I'm not sure Vegas knew who was playing and who wasn't. Um, I think Vegas still thinks that this could be possibly close, uh, whether or not Alabama's checked in or out. People always bet on Michigan. That could be part of it as well. Or it could just be a terrible line and Michigan gets blown out. Um I mean, I think we're in agreement that Michigan's offense has the ability to move the ball in this game. Uh, do we think that Michigan's defense has the ability to do what it needs to make this interesting for four quarters? To make it interesting, yes. I I think that you know I think that Michigan's offense ought to be able to go out there and score thirty. I, I really think that mm-hmm. they're capable of doing that. Uh, and so, unless it's just a total meltdown from Michigan's defense, uh, that that should be a competitive game. Uh, the line is a little bit interesting. You know, when that line came out, uh, I think that the conversation was you could have like eight players mm-hmm. sitting out from Alabama. Right, uh, right. That's not the case. Uh, you know, so you would think that you know, with with all of the receivers playing uh, for Alabama, that that ought to bump the line a little bit. Uh, but you know, I think Michigan has a chance to compete 
in this game. Uh, I wouldn't pick Michigan to win this game. I probably wouldn't pick Michigan to cover, but I think Michigan has a chance yeah. to compete in this game. I think they ought to compete in this game, and if they don't, you know, I, I think you, I think you do have to look back and say, okay, you know, what what happened in in the preparation here? Because you know, it is Alabama. Alabama is is probably the more talented team, but they're playing with a backup quarterback. They're playing mm-hmm. shorthanded on defense. Um, there should be an opportunity here uh, for Michigan to be able to compete in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 officially out of different ways to say it because we've been saying it now for a full <laughs> month and probably for three years. Um, go play a clean game for four quarters against a, a real team and see what happens. And I think that that's really, really what I think a lot of people want to see because I think that what you would find is if Michigan does all the things that Austin just said – you know, has bought in completely, a full effort, no mistakes, plays clean, hangs in, executes on offense, and makes this thing close all the way to the wire and loses by three. You're going to have a lot of Michigan fans are going to say that was maybe the more most impressive Jim Harbaugh performance I've seen in three years, even in a loss. I mean, because I think they have that opportunity in this game. Whether or not they pull it off, no idea. But in any event, almost here. Uh, Austin, of course, and I will be in Orlando uh, to do it all with you on January 1st. Uh, It's been a good season. We'll still have some RPM uh, podcasts once the season is over. Uh, But in any event, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for subscribing if you are a subscriber. I think if you're listening to this part, maybe you are. If you're not, get a subscription. Uh, For Austin Meek, I'm Nick Baumgartner. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later. There will always be a place for you inside of me. I've seen a